what's up guys it's Caden before we jump into the interview with Roxy Rouge I wanted to talk to you about something um, something going on with a friend of ours our friend Lexi Gomez lost her mother and her sister is currently in the ICU due to complications from COVID-19 um, it's an extremely stressful time right now for people and um, and it's financially draining to deal with just the medical bills alone um, not even just to add in or not even to add in the cost of a funeral so she could use you guys' help as of right now there isn't a GoFundMe there isn't a Kickstarter um, but you can just go to Lexi's PayPal and you can shoot her some money if you if you uh, feel feel so inclined um, that's just paypal.me slash L-E-X-I-I-G-O-M-E-Z. That's Lexi Gomez with two eyes. Uh, anything would help and uh, would be highly appreciated. Personally, at the end of the, uh, end of the week, I'm going to count up the listens on the podcast and I'm going to uh, donate a dollar for every listen. So if you can't afford right now to throw a couple bucks at the situation um, just listen to the podcast twice or share the podcast um, on your social medias and help bump up that count so yeah so thanks for listening thanks for your continued support enjoy the interview with Roxy Rouge And welcome to Demon Road Diaries. You know who it is. I think we're on lucky 19 right now. Uh, is that a lucky number? It, it is to someone. It is to someone. Uh, you know who we are, uh, but we're going to tell you anyway. I'm that uh, Music City Messiah. I'm Caden Green. I am the bastard son, Ronnie Rios. I am the uh, sleep paralysis demon that appears at the end of your bed, Chelsea Durden. It changes every week, but I it'll try never to... be the necessary burden, Chelsea Durden. It's just Stop how it trying is. trying to make it happen. We're not making it happen. Every time we say it now, wait, wait. every time we say it now, it has to, you have to, we have to really get obnoxious with it. We have to do like the NZs on sorry, like, um, fucking just like, <laughs> it's a necessary burden, Chelsea Durden. Womp, 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 womp. It's like, get super Morning DJ with it. <laughs> All right, and I hate it. Here. <laughs> I'm Roxy. <laughs> and uh, we have brought our friend on. Uh, she is the Madame of Mischief. Yes. I, I I know I say Madame wrong. Madam, 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 Madam of the Mischief, the Madame of the Mischief, the hot damn Madame. It is Roxy. What's up, girl? Not a lot. Hi, everyone. Yeah, intros are hard, but we do try our best. Sometimes. Some only sometimes. sometimes. Only sometimes. Sometimes we try our best. Other times we're uh, pretty loose and improvisational with it. Kind of like today. Uh, necessary burdens still not happening ever. <laughs> Why not? Don't fucking encourage them. 
They've been on this ship for like six weeks, and I'm not rowdy rowdy or about about it. I'm sorry that you hate money, apparently. (laughs) How is this money? How in any how in any universe rhyming always gets over, okay? I can't really can't with you guys right now or ever, really. You know who I can with is Miss Roxy Rogue. So Roxy Rouge. Is it rouge? It's rouge. It's not spelled rouge. Spelled rouge. That's a color, isn't it? Yeah, a color. The color. Yeah, rouge is a color. It's French for red. Ah. Wear a lot of red, so excuse me. It's also like (laughs) comprehension skills. I knew it was a kind of makeup, too, but I didn't want to say that and then either be wrong or look weird, but... Oh, I'm already weird. Fuck it. Definitely right. Like they they say plenty in westerns and stuff, so I feel like it's a commonly known thing ish. That's like the that's like the pink cheeks thing, right? Yeah, they would put rouge on their cheeks or their lips. It was like a powder mixed with blood. Um, uh, and blood, blood powder. and their objects. Yeah, all the makeup is weird. Someone needs to sell blood powder. Um, and that should be us. <laughs> Get your Demon Road Diary blood powder. I mean, that sounds like the kind of merch that we'd push. Uh, yeah. I'd sell that. Roxy actually pushes some pretty cool merchandise. Um, I've seen her do, what, like the pinwheels? Yeah, I had like little um, pennant flags that I'd embroider or just rhinestone the absolute hell out of. So they, they would say things like from Roxy to Suplex and just really random things, anything I really felt like putting on them or had the thread count for. Um, I've sold those. I had um, noisemakers at one point. I had come up with some really random stuff. The next thing I want to do is like sew custom wrestle buddies just for shits and giggles. Oh, those are the like, those are like the anatomically incorrect. uh, Oh, the super anatomically incorrect, like the little stubby arms and like it's either going to be that or like the stupid anime um, pillow dolls, like one of the two. Mm. Oh, like the the waifu pillows or whatever they're called. Yeah, the yeah the waifus. Waifu. It's your rebound. Why not? Yeah, I mean, I would not. Put my dog on it. Like, eh. Yeah, screw it. Yeah, why is anybody trying to be weird here? That's not what we do here. Yeah. I'm just, like, trying to get people more and more merch on a constant basis. I want, when we get back from wrestling, when everyone gets back from wrestling, I want people to be like, yeah, so, like, I went to the wrestling show, and it looked like a thrift store because (laughs) everyone had 700 items. Perfection. That's what it's about. Yeah, it's like you, know you, go, to, you uh, have to go to a thrift store and just take everything. Yes. Well, you do that, or it's like you just gather the ideas. So it's like you go to the uh, the ducks merch table and you come away with little rubber duckies. You what go you to the uh, you go to the Coda's table. You come away with uh, Coda soda. You guys still doing Coda soda? Coda soda. No. For the fucking Coca Cola. Oh, Coca Cola. That's what it was. <laughs> it's that, very was close. that was uh, that was the merch you guys had when I first met you back in 2017. 
So the Coca Cola actually uh, exploded in one of our oh. merch boxes at one point. Uh, I don't know, maybe it just got bumped around too much, or my car got too hot. But like two or three or too red Coca sodas blew up on a bunch of T-shirts. So. Oh, that's the worst. Yeah. Well, that's terrible. Yeah. So if we ever do them again, I don't know. We'll do something different. All, Better storage. All, yeah. Let's just let's just combine it with um, Demon Road Diaries blood powder. Blood powder. Yes. Because that, um, that's. I think that's the route that we're going these days. See, uh, Roxy's shaking her head in um, what I'm not sure is uh, disgust, disappointment, um, disaster, another dis word that I can't think of right now. But I'm um, shaking my head at you, love. I'm that's I'm just in like what dis word are 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 we are, are we doing here? Because clearly, she thinks it's um. Well, no, it just I was idea. so with it until you said blood powder. Blood powder for your face. Yeah. It's the official rouge. It's the official rouge. Blood powder. It's for your face. That sounds like something horrible you'd buy at like a really like knockoff spirit Halloween. Yes. Either that or like um, a weirdly bougie gas station slash restaurant rest stop. (gasps) Oh, like the best ever rest stop on I seventy five. Yes. They would have it. On at exit 256 on I-90. Exit 65. No, it was like 369 or 368 or something like that. Was it 366? I think it was 366. All right. Exit something, probably in the mid-300s on I-79-75 North. Uh, Sorry, Chelsea's got a lot of brain damage. And uh, you can find yourself the most fantastic gas station they got massage chairs. They got a gym. They, they got a movie theater. theater. They and they have um, homemade fudge and like all the useless knickknacks. Like it is the most touristy trap yeah. gas station you'll ever find in your life. And it's and, beautiful. And that is where we're going to sell the blood powder, gentlemen. Yes. Because that's where people will buy it. So to step away from blood powder, Roxy, you want to tell us about your training and all that fun stuff and what got you into wrestling? Sure. Well, what's funny about my history, and I get a lot of grief for this sometimes, but I've just kind of learned to roll with it. Um, I wasn't lucky enough to watch wrestling when I was a kid. Um, I never knew what it was until I was about uh, 23. A friend of mine invited me to an indie show, and uh, I was like, sure, I'll go support you. Because at the time, I was uh, just exiting professional theater, and I missed live performance. So I gathered it was something like that, but I really had no clue. To give you a scope of how much I didn't know, I thought Dog the Bounty Hunter and Hulk Hogan were the same person. Fair, fair. It just was It was never I mean, on in our house. Not I wasn't lucky entirely enough. wrong. <laughs> they kind of look a little alike. Just a smidge. Just a smidge. But um, I was I watching. I find it hard to believe that Hulk Hogan was never a guest on an episode of Dog the Bounty Hunter. You would think that would have happened. You would think. At some Come point, on, brother, really should we're going to round up these hoodlums and get them off the streets. <laughs> brother. Brother. Who um, yeah, I, I was sitting in the audience thinking this is the most spectacular, uh, for lack of a better word, spectacular nonsense I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. 
And my friend came up to me afterwards and he's like, you did gymnastics. I did a uh, competitive gymnastics until I was 15. I injured myself and had to retire from it. Um, he's like, you did gymnastics. You did professional theater. Why the bleep aren't you doing this? And I said, well, I like a challenge still at this point. No idea what I was getting myself into. Uh, went to the local wrestling school here in Fort Myers. And my first day was free because they all thought I was going to quit. And because I came in with the attitude of, I like a challenge and nothing else. And I stuck with it and I didn't stop. And I downloaded the network and I consistently get people's names wrong. But, you know, most people, my excuse is most people have had 20 years to learn this information. I, to this point, have had four and I'm trying. But there's a lot. There's like a lot, a lot out there. And it only gets bigger and there's only more. And then, like, not only does the network expand, like on a regular basis other than just like the new content they're adding but like they'll be like oh we've acquired some weird old people like wrestling promotion from like kalamazoo here's like old tapes of it and people are like what do you mean you don't watch pxpmwlv from louisville kentucky in 1971 that was the best wrestling how could you have missed it? I get that all the time. And it doesn't help because my grand trainer, so to speak, uh, my trainer's trainer is Mikey Whipwreck. Oh, uh, okay. And he came down and did a seminar with us. And he just, like, if my, what from what I'm told, if Mikey likes you, he'll mind, can I swear? Yeah. Yeah. He'll mind how many, how many fucking, fucking go F- for it. Like, how many F bombs have I dropped in the last two and a half minutes alone? I was being polite. Fair. Fuck. All right, so fucking Chelsea over here. Um, so if Mikey likes you, he'll purposely mind fuck you. And no one informed me of this. So, like, he's going over certain things, and he's like, okay, so what's the international? They tell him, and he's like, but why? And I'm like, because that's what it is. He continues on. He's like, yeah, but why, though? Is it always those exact things in that exact order? And I'm just like... I don't want to misspeak. I don't. And at this point, it was only like a year and a half into my training. So, like, I so didn't want to say the wrong thing. But then not knowing most of the history from ECW also put me in a disadvantage. But, you know, thank God it's on the network. I mean, at this point, you know a lot of little things that even I don't know. Because most of the people we have on this show, it's um, like... Well, I've been watching wrestling since I was in the womb, and my mother put the headphones on her stomach, and blah 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 blah. Can we so just you kind of come if that would be? Yeah, you would think, but you kind of come from an interesting perspective of not having been a lifelong fan. So you're coming into this um, without that kind of childhood nostalgia lens on everything you're seeing and learning. So. Now you at almost five years into the business um, have only ever had an adult perspective on it. And I think that might even give you like a unique sort of advantage over some people who uh, see wrestling as like the end all be all of their entire lives and don't know how to like structure the rest of their lives around it in a way that keeps the bills paid but uh i don't think you i think you have a a nice balance between you know wrestling life and also being able to maintain like 
your young adult life of paying bills and paying off the student loans and having uh, pets. Life full student loans. I mean, yeah. I mean, a lot of the times when I'm approaching with matches or with matches, English, when I'm approaching matches or I'm looking at something, a lot of times because of my background in theater and live theater and live performance, um, I often equate what I see with a play I'm familiar with. And I love Shakespeare. So for me, a lot of things come back to the very traditional plays yeah. and a lot of the, the gimmicks, the characters and the people I see, I can always say, oh, you remind me of this. For example, uh, Lacey Evans. She very much, very much reminds me of Alexa Verdever. Uh, which is a character in a play called As Bees and Honey Drowned, and she has a very particular way of speaking, of walking, and she is just this charismatic uh, person that just draws everyone in. Now, in the play, she's a con artist, but her mannerisms and her uh, speech patterns are so similar, and that's kind of where I draw my inspiration from, where I draw my stories from, and it's cool being able to watch these matches and watch the history without the, oh, this was X because of X, Y, Z. I'm seeing it for the first time. That's something that um, I've seen I've seen you do a lot with uh, calling your matches because uh, for the unacquainted, uh, Roxy and I have <laughs> uh, worked each other like 800,000 times in four different states for like 60 different companies. Uh, at this point, we call it our best of 73 series. Um, I don't even know who's, I don't even know who's winning at this point. Um, but she always likes to, uh, something that a lot of, uh, more recently debuted, uh, wrestlers tend to forget is something that Roxy is always, uh, always really focused on is telling a story and what the beginning of the story is and how to tell it in a concise, easy to understand way. And it makes calling matches with her um, really different than calling uh, a match with another, with another indie wrestler. And also um, a lot of fun, I think, because it's like what one thing or event do we want to, um, and based on, you know, whatever story is going in, whatever promotion we're in, like, what do we want to base this off of? Like, what emotion do we want to get through right out of the gate? And uh, it's a unique experience, and it's a lot of fun. It's how we became friends. It is how we became friends. I think I was, yeah, like, she had written down, like, a list of the matches she'd had so far, just, like, by number. And she was like, oh, you're my 17th match. And I was like, what? My 17th <laughs> match was garbage. I did because I was told that you um, your first hundred batches blow by and you never remember them. So I think I have my list all the way up through like 83 or something before I stopped keeping it. And Chelsea is at least 20 of those matches. For real. Like she's the first person I went out of state with. Um, Were we, did we go to Georgia for that one or Alabama? Georgia. Georgia, We've been nice. in uh, many a many a one stoplight town together, and it's been an experience. That one scary drive home, though, that I will never forget ever. Oh yeah, you want to tell the uh, that one time we were driving home from Alabama? Absolutely. So we were in the bottom of Alabama. I don't remember the city, Dothan. but it was for this, huh? Dothan. 
Oh, yes, Dothan, Alabama. Alabama. We had gone up through the Panhandle and up, um, and it was like a seven-hour drive or something. And we took my car, if I remember correctly. And uh, did we have Coyote with us? Mm, yes. Yeah, because a lot of the like you say one-stop light towns, I'd always have the dog with us just because two girls traveling alone at a gas station. My dog now he is a complete and total puss, but um, he has a really Nobody big else bark. Does that. And no one else knows that. And he has a really, really big bark. So um, the stranger comes up to the car. I felt safer having him. So we're on this seven-hour trip up. We do the show in this ring that is, like, legitimately, like, five inches above the floor. In an old car dealership. But it was their own building. And, you know, it was really cool the, the way they had it set up. But the ring always just got me the fact that it was, like, five inches above the floor. So we did, I think we joked that night that we could do dives and not hurt ourselves. It would just be like a normal crossbody. But uh, we were driving home and we were dog tired. We even stopped off at one point because we just needed to like caffeinate as much as possible. And we're getting close to my exit. And we're like, all right, final stretch. And we are dogging it by this point. We were either just talking absolute nonsense or just like trying to sing with the radio. I was like and this piping white- myself in the leg. It was, it was <laughs> And this white van is in front of us in the right-hand lane. And it starts just doing one of these numbers. The and, serpentine uh, swerve in and yes, out of very the lane. serpentine swerve. And we, I immediately, that woke me up a, like a little bit more. Because, you know, you get to the end of the drive and you're just like, all right, autopilot. But that woke me up a little bit. And I was like, okay, so we're going to stay behind this guy. You know, like when you see someone who's obviously going to wreck, you're just like, yeah, no part of that. Bye. So I'm like, oh, please don't get off at our exit. Please don't get off at our exit. And he didn't at first. He goes all the way up to where the guardrail is, and then at that point turns, goes down the steep-ass incline, which is not a road. It's all grass and dirt and rocks, and there's a small pond at the bottom. Chelsea and I, at this point, are freaking the out because we are trying not to scream. We are fully awake. The dog is going berserk, and we're like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Like, I'm slamming on my brakes not to hit this guy. And then he gets on the exit line and just speeds up to the light. And I'm thinking, like, I'm going to pull up next to this guy. Again, I was tired and not thinking. And just be like, dude, are you okay? No chance. He blasts through the red light, turns the direction we're going, and just keeps freaking booking it. So at this point, like, we were so overly exhausted. But the shot of adrenaline that gave both of us, because I honestly thought this guy was going to T-bone us with the momentum of rolling down the damn hill. Um, We were just, we were wired for like an hour after that. We were just like, all right, I'm fucking awake. Yeah, like, we couldn't immediately go to bed, and we just, like, we drove home in silence. We got there, we got up to the, we got up to the apartment, and, like, I sat on the edge of the couch, and she sat on the edge of the couch, and then just, like, uh, I think one of us, it might have been me, started, like, checking the news probably 45 minutes later to see if he had caused a seven-car pileup. Because we thought that's what would happen. And then at one point, my brother came out, and we just word vomited all over him, and he's like... Okay, so some high dude didn't hit you and sped off and you guys are panicking and we're like, we're very tired. I don't really remember the entire rest of that day. I think I woke up somewhere around 2 p.m. Whoa. 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 Hold on. There's a cat fight going on on the floor. It didn't really matter because Chelsea had a key to my house so she could come and go as she pleased. So I think we just both went to bed and I'm like, all right, bye if I don't see you when I wake up. 
there's something about that drive. Like, I mean, we did, we've done that drive to Dalton a couple times, but we come back to Tampa. You guys have that extra like three or four hours. Um, it's us, like right? two hours. It's like an extra two, two and a half. She's got further. Yeah, because then I have to go the two hours east. Because every time me and Rios have to work in, or anytime we work like Miami or anywhere down south, that drive back is like the most mind-numbing drive back ever. And it ends up being this situation where I literally feel like we're going to fall asleep at the wheel. We're going to die. Like, I'll, I'll drive down any day of the week. I'll be like, all right, sun is up. Let's drive. Put on the tunes. Life is great. And then the second the sun comes down, it's like, Rios, can you just drive like the first like hour and it'll be 15 minutes in and he'll pull into a gas station. And he's like, yo, I can't do it. I'm going to fall asleep <laughs> yeah. at the wheel. I'm not and that I'm like, bad. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I can make it. No, it is not bad because like you can drive at 2 a.m. If you're just starting your trip, for some reason, that same 2 a.m. on the way back is just utter torture. Oh, it's the worst thing in the world. I, like one time I remember like we walked into a gas station. I bought like a five hour energy and like a Red Bull. And this is like running on bare minimum sleep and like just going through like, I don't know, maybe a 15 minute match or a 20 minute match or whatever. And I slammed the five hour energy. I slammed the Red Bull and I literally could feel my body being like, you got 30 minutes out of this. <laughs> <laughs> We're punting the card now, buddy. <laughs> oh my god! Felt, felt... Chelsea, she's had to like. Normally, when I drive, she has to put up with my friggin' antics. Which, you know, when she falls asleep or gets tired, and she has earplugs, so I don't feel nearly as bad as I do for other people. But Chelsea, what do I start singing when I start falling asleep? Uh, show tunes mainly. <laughs> nice. Any and every musical that she can think of. And sometimes I'm down with that, but sometimes I am so not down with that. It depends on the plugs. musical. Yeah, but I try to stay awake to, to keep you awake. Like if we're jamming the like Heathers, like I'm good. <laughs> When you start bringing up, like, I don't know, Midsummer Night's Dream or something, I kind of want to vomit. Okay, like, anything goes, and I think I pushed your patience with, like, Carousel and Showboat, too, like, the really old ones. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was, that was a little, that was a little much. Sometimes it's a struggle just to stay alive, you know? I think that we have fun though but like i think there was one time i like pull up like a grand musical list and we'll see if i can name at least one line from one song from every musical and i think i missed what like two yeah it was like a list of 50 musicals because this was like i don't know it was probably like 4 30 in the morning coming back from pavo georgia yeah and, uh, we were really oh, feeling it we were really really feeling it and um i found this uh list of musicals like top 50 or something. So I would name I would I would name the musical and she would have to name a random line or the name of a song from yeah. that musical. And there were only two that she had never seen on the and whole one list. was like um a newer musical, like it, not Dear Evan Hansen, but the other like sitting in the bathroom one, which I don't remember the fucking name of, and like another really lame one that I hated. So eh. But it kept us alive, and that yeah. is the point. What are your best road antics for staying awake? That's what I want to know, other than slamming caffeine. Because everyone has their own tricks that keep them awake. 
Uh, for me, it's uh, a little trick. People don't think to do this. Um, eat a banana or drink Gatorade. Because if your body's tired, sometimes you need potassium. And that will, like, keep you loose, keep your joints loose. And you just – because that's the other thing. For me, at least, I get cramped up real bad. I've got a lot of – my right leg is probably going to be all robot or all cybernetic by the time I'm 40. Like, it's just just my knee, my ankle, my calf is all fucked up. So, uh, potassium, obviously, whatever energy drink you can muster. Um, and I found that if you have – you're in a position where um, – traveling like a really long distance like you know you're gonna stay on the highway for like 100 200 miles in one direction um uh and you have a mount for your cell phone on the dashboard i i find that putting on youtube videos helps keep me awake better not so much because the content is more entertaining than music or um whatever it's just the idea of a flickering image in front of you just like i don't know that that stimulates the light yeah that flickering image just kind of like keeps me awake. I use uh, the power of violence against myself. Uh, I will either like slap the shit out of my own leg or like punch my leg. Or ah, yes, the thigh punching one, method. This one, I don't know if the it falls pen. into the category. I don't know if this one falls into the category of like ways to stay awake or possible kinks, but I take the. <laughs> the tiniest beard hairs on my neck and I pull them not enough to pull them out, but almost it hurts like a motherfucker, but God, it keeps me awake. <laughs> <laughs> I've done something similar, but it's you, you're pinching uh, your arm hairs. Yep. It's the same thing. It's that little thing that like makes you cry just a little bit, but you can't fall asleep. I, um, I like to, um, ingest enough stimulant into my body to the point where I am actively fighting a cardiac episode. Yeah. That's, that's, that's how, that's how I do it. There have been times where like I would turn my head and I would have like the laggy vision and I would just look over at Roxy and she would be like, are you okay? And I would just respond like, I'm really good, man, because I would feel like Fry from Futurama in that episode where he drinks 100 cups of coffee and then everything just zens and he's able to do everything at near light speed. Like, that's that's me. That's how I do it. You also do the German Shepherd breathing, too. You do the big dramatic sigh. Oh, yeah. Well, that's <laughs> to keep from throwing up because I've ingested far too much caffeine and not nearly enough food. I, uh... I was gonna say I did a road trip with uh, with Chris Silvio like maybe a year and a half back or two years back something like that, and he watches like serial killer documentaries when he's driving at night, which is like great when you're awake, but when you wake up and it's like, how did I hide the body? Easy. You're like, what the <laughs> fuck are you doing? What's going on right now? <laughs> like it's great too because it's like. You know, it's that whole thing, if you're feeling lonely and you're feeling really alone, put on a horror movie and you will no longer feel alone. Yes. <laughs> Who says that we can't have road diaries on demon road diaries when we're demon home diaries? 
So, Roxy, I have a question for you. I have an answer. Um, I think. I, I, I recently <laughs> fell down a bit of a YouTube rabbit hole about musicals. Oh, no. Uh, not so much watching musicals, but watching video essays uh, talking about musicals. Okay. And um, I I need to know, because I have a lot of strong opinions, do you have any strong opinions about Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark? To be honest, I haven't seen it. And I haven't seen it on purpose because of several things. The injuries during rehearsal, and I have a couple of friends who are involved in the project, original project on Broadway. I went to an arts high school, so I have a, a lot of uh, you know peers who went on to do really amazing things, and I still keep in touch with a good number of them. But um, I never saw it just because of the injuries involved. They couldn't figure out their damn rigging. And I don't know if you've ever worn one of those rigs before, but like it cuts off all circulation to your entire hip bone male female it hurts so bad so that on top of the 75 million dollar budget that they blew i haven't even listened to the soundtrack and which is horrible because spider-man is my favorite but i just couldn't bring myself to do it because this project was such a colossal clusterfuck i couldn't even i wasn't gonna waste time on it i heard enough onset horror stories Okay. What are your feelings on cats? The movie or the musical? <laughs> uh, Porque no los dos. Porque no los dos. Um, all right. So the cats, the musical, which I have the DVD uh, copy of, like the original cast production, was the first musical I ever saw, and I was like six at the time. So the fact that it was utter nonsense, you know, didn't bother me at all. And on top of that, it was based on, um, oh God, if I remember this author's name, T.C. Eliot's uh, poems about cats, which I had had the book to that my grandmother read to me. So I knew all the lyrics without knowing I knew the lyrics. So it was really fun for me. So it's always been really nostalgic in a way that I know it makes absolutely no sense. And it's batshit bullshit all clumped together. So, you know, fine. So you but do then, agree that it's utter nonsense. Any theater person will tell you it's utter nonsense. We all know that. But when you go into a theater, your suspension of belief kind of goes a little further. So they can get away with shit like that. It's why, um, oh God, what's that musical? There's a musical based on the music of Queen that is like so, like, so cheesy. It's Gouda. Like, you suspend your disbelief when you walk into a theater. But uh, Cats the movie, um, the CGI is friggin' weird. Taylor Swift murdered my favorite song in the entire show. Uh, cat buttholes, for whatever reason, were edited in and edited out and then edited back in. Um, yes. They took something that could have potentially been amazing, and because it is so clusterfucky and weird, but then they just somehow made it weirder and tried to add a storyline in. Like, everyone who's ever seen a stage production of Cats knows there is no storyline at all. One cat gets picked to go to cat heaven, and otherwise, like, there's no story. And they tried so hard to put one in. And it's like, no, that is the point. There is no story. It is a collection of look at me's. And then a cat goes to cat heaven, a.k.a. dies. Absolute utter nonsense. <laughs> I remember I remember the news story popping up and it being like, Taylor Swift is gonna be in the movie version of Cats. And I was like, What 
but like, because I love Taylor Swift. I mean, that's pretty obvious by uh, who I am as a person. Um, so I was like, I will watch this movie. I saw Rent. I'm not like, I'm not against watching musicals. Rent's amazing. I know. So I'm not against the idea of watching musicals in theaters. Um, and I was like, and Taylor's going to be this. So I can't remember what, it was some Disney movie was playing. I went and saw some Disney movie with my kid and the, uh, the trailer for Cats pops up. And then Taylor pops up in her CGI cat outfit. And I was like, that's the scariest thing. And now I just, I don't know if I can deal with Taylor Swift ever again in my life. Cause I'm so, I'm always going to see her in weird cat CGI. And so it eff- efficiently ruined Taylor for it ru- you. It nearly ruined Taylor Swift for me. I mean, it, you know, still love Taylor Swift, but that's not going to change. I have nothing against her, but I don't think she's a performer. Like she was originally up for the casting of Eponine in the live version of, or the movie version of Les Mis, which she's got a great voice, but I don't think she's an actress. And then they originally, they ended up casting the Eponine from the Broadway show, which fantastic in my opinion, because the woman can sing. But like, I remember thinking like, oh, thank God she didn't get cast in this musical because musical theater in itself requires like normal acting doesn't cut it you have to be way over the top because musicals are way over the top you gotta be batshit which is why i hate uh tim burton's version of sweeney todd because it's stupid i i don't know man just like when you put those those two crazy cats man that 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 johnny depp and that helena bonham carter together on screen is fucking (laughs) Wild he, he cut out all the dark humor. He I'm cut not, out I'm, everything that makes Sweeney a compelling character. I he cut out the chorus bit. Fuck your facetious. <laughs> also, Sweeney is meant to be a baritone, not a tenor. These things bother. Sweeney Todd's one of my favorite shows. It's why I hail from Fleet Street. And I have uh, a stage version with Angela Lansbury, a.k.a. Mrs. Potts and George Hearn. And it is the best thing ever so it hurts me that everyone's like oh yeah i like the tim burton movie i'm like but it sucks you fucking nerd i said lovingly (laughs) from the position of a fellow nerd she's giving me that look i'm gonna get a talking to later anyway something else that i wanted to bring up is roxy you make your own gear do you not I do. Yeah, you've been you've been making your own gear since the beginning of your career, and it's been fun to see the evolution in it. You've even made some gear for me. You've made gear for a couple of other people that we know. And um, have you always been into sewing and then decided to uh, use your talents for gear making, or was that something you picked up like at the beginning of your wrestling career? So I've known how to sew since I was about six years old. Um, I started out making rag dolls. And then from there, I learned how to sew clothing with my Aunt Donna. And the very first thing I made was actually a dress for my cousin Sabrina. So I've, you know, and that was the first time I used a machine. And I think I was like eight or nine at the time. Um, And so I learned most of my sewing from my Aunt Donna. And she's my great aunt. She's my mother's aunt. So yeah, she's my great aunt, my grandpa's sister. But, um, yeah, she and I spent a lot of time together. I learned how to knit from her and then how to crochet and how to sew. 
But then when wrestling came around, I'm like, well, I already know how to sew. And I had been sewing for cosplay. And the materials you use for cosplay, especially with the characters I picked, weren't so different from, you know, wrestling fabrics, which is your lycra, your spandex, your stretchy shit. Um, a stretchy shit leather. And that horrible wet look of vinyl that I hate working with. Because it gets stuck in the machine. Everyone's like, it looks cool. I'm like, yeah. It sucks to work with because it jams my machine and breaks my needles. But, uh, yeah, I just kind of, like, kind of figured out as I went. Because I had already made a couple jumpsuits. I had my um, my cape and my leotard from Raven uh, from Teen Titans. And I had also cosplayed as Harley Quinn um, from Batman the Animated Series and painted Doll from Devil's Carnival. So corsetry, spandex, jumpsuits, leotards, I had already made them. And by that point, I just found a pattern and I drafted it and I screwed with it and kind of Frankensteined it to be what I wanted it to be. And um, through that, you know, one thing led to the other. The, the trickiest thing, I think, for me uh, that I still do not know how to do to this day are kick pad covers. I need a pattern for that. I don't know how to do kick pad covers. And which it's, it's a tube. And that's why it bothers me. It's essentially a fancy tube and I can't figure it out. Yeah, are there any um are there any other like unique challenges you've found specifically with sewing wrestling gear because um you were mentioning, you know, patterns from different cosplay stuff. There's a lot of things that can be, you know, translated from cosplay to wrestling gear, but uh kick pads is kind of something fairly unique. Um what else have you run into that's like a weird wrestling specific thing? Oh, uh, so trunks. I made a set of uh, two sets of trunks for Alex Ocean, and uh, they're the spider skin printy ones. And I had made biker shorts and stuff before because it's you know men, women. They kind of if a biker short's a biker short, like yeah. women's just tend to be slightly shorter because booty. But um, guys trunks i'm thinking okay maybe i just shorten this pattern a little it wasn't gonna fit right there's gonna be things falling out and i'm like that's not good so i drafted my own pattern and then i realized it still wasn't the right size so i got around it by pack uh going to walmart and buying this huge ass pack of uh hanes underwear <laughs> and i cut it up and that's how i ended up with the perfect pattern and uh, from what I can tell, it fits perfectly, the waistband. And I could reuse the waistband and everything sits right. And it pissed me off a little bit because there's a lot of geometry that goes into drafting your own patterns. So I hate math and I had to do quite a bit of math and I still couldn't figure it out, which is why it pissed me off so much. And then the answer was just destroying a piece of clothing to get the pattern from it. So. Yeah, literally, I remember when we got our new gear and we switched to, uh, I, Aaron switched to trunks and I switched to a singlet. Up until that point, I hadn't really been too concerned about what I wore underneath my gear because I always wore either like long tights or like, um, uh, you know, or like long athletic underwear because that wouldn't look weird with my, my Samoa Joe shorts I wore for a little bit. And uh, I'm in the singlet now. And it's like a butcher singlet, so like I'm like shit. I have to finally be that guy who gets a thong, and, <laughs> dance belt, and or dancer belt. Yeah, I literally had a dancer's belt sitting in my Amazon wish list, or like in my cart. And then I was like, well, wait a minute, what if I just wore briefs? Because it's pretty much the exact same cut. And I was like, I'm just gonna get a pair of black athletic briefs, like they're stretchy. 
and that's what I wear under my singlet, and I've never had any problems. It's a mess. <laughs> it, it's it's the the fitting of things is always really weird. Uh, you know, Chelsea and I go through thing as women where you need to wear a bra of some sorts. But you don't want the straps showing everywhere because you want it to look seamless. And you have to tape certain things in. And it's always just a kind of like, a all right, so what do I end up wearing? And you kind of figure it out as you go. Yeah, it's not always a fun predicament because it's like, oh, I love this style of gear. But there's no bra that has ever been made by anyone ever that I could wear under this without the strap sewing. Mm-hmm. So and you don't you want one built in. Well, those suck. They suck. And, like, what happens if the, the wire busts through and stabs you? And then you're dealing with a stab wound in the middle of a wrestling match, and then you don't want it, and then the announcer sees the blood leaking out, and then they're like, oh, Someone has knifed their opponent and we're not quite sure who it is because it's a multi-woman match. And then it just spirals from there. And Funny story, actually. So uh, what I've taken to with my gear, I have this big jumpsuit I wore, I wear because it's uh, the most recent thing I've made. And it's got like Vicky James leg flares at the bottom and I'm in love with it. And I, what I ended up wearing is uh, a bra and then a sports bra on top just to keep everything contained. Because my biggest fear, because I've seen so many of these videos on YouTube where there are nip slips. So I'm just like, not me, though. I'm going to avoid that. Because I, I normally tape myself in into the bra, which is also very uncomfortable. Because then if you have to go to the bathroom, like all of us know, like two seconds before you're supposed to go out that curtain, it's like, gotta pee. But... Uh, I'm doing this match. It was against the Go Hard Life Twins um, over at WXW. And uh, all of a sudden, I thought, yeah, whatever. Um, All of a sudden, like, I feel like this sharp pressure on my chest. I'm thinking, like, did one of my – because I wear safety pins to keep everything together. Uh, I'm thinking, like, did one of my safety pins fall out? And it's a tag match. So I'm on the apron just kind of, like, trying to subtly check my straps, like, see where all my safety pins are. And they're all in. I'm thinking – all right, what the shit is stabbing me? So we get backstage and I'm, you know, getting all the spandex off because it's uncomfortable after you've sweat in it and everything else. And all of a sudden I realize that I have two big ass scratches going up the side of my chest and my bra had come apart and the underwire had just poked through and was just scratching me every single time I moved or bumped. And I'm just like, that's fantastic. Mm. But like... Man, like, I almost wish I could be like, hold on, I gotta do a match and just take them off for the match. <laughs> Let me leave these in the back, and then I'm fine. Yeah, it just doesn't ever seem to work that way pretty much ever. Wouldn't it be great if it did? It would be great if it did, but it never does. It's all about that compression. I uh, I did trunks for a long time before I came back to it, or before I left wrestling like a few years back and i had a match it was like my first like title match against somebody and i had ordered white tights and the guy was uh, the guy who did my normal gear my trunks at the time was like um these are like a a two sizes bigger than your normal ones i'm like that's cool just tie the the tire or i'll tie the string a little tighter whatever no big deal not even not realizing not thinking at all so I had like regular underwear on underneath to keep my business in place. And like the guy I was wrestling was like break free, super kick. And I was like, okay, break free, 
super kick, and one of my nuts just dropped right out of the trunks. No! Oh, no! No! So, like, um, I don't realize it. And the guy turns around, and he caught it. And he <laughs> bops me, and he goes, check your nuts. Boom. And I, like... <laughs> You know, I sell it. I roll the corner. I go, oh, shit. And I tuck my nut back in, in my underwear. And I was like, yo, can we hurry up and take it home? Because I'm pretty sure that uh, these things aren't going to hold up. So, yes, all new wrestlers. Get compression underwear. Don't, yeah, don't but, let the business hang out. Yeah. No, can't let the business hang out. But it's different for female wrestlers, too, because we're encouraged to push it up, stuff it, let it show as much as possible. And that can get really uncomfortable, especially, you know, for, you know, I can't speak for everybody, but for myself, I'm not exactly comfortable with that. If anyone sees my gear, they always notice that the cut on the, on the bottom is very low. The, if I have something that's low cut in the chest, I always have something underneath it. And it's just kind of like, mm, no, thanks. It's, it's, there's a fine line, you see, between showing the goods and showing the bidness. You gotta, you, like, you no, gotta keep like, the bidness close to the chest, if you will. But if you're good with that, like, all the power to you. But the fact that they ask it of most female wrestlers, and yeah. then, you know, they shit on us when we do, it's just kind of like, we can't win. Yeah. That's because everyone is trash. Well, imagine if trash they did can, that with... not a trash cannot. <laughs> imagine if they did that with guy wrestlers too. They were like, "Hey, God. can you just fluff up your bulge a little bit?" There's, <laughs> there's half cut Viagra's in the back, so if you need to pop one, <laughs> go to town. Or like, uh, Kenny's got uh, a bunch of tube socks for everybody. I I can't even imagine wrestling with a boner. Both just <laughs> just can you imagine so pumping with a boner? <laughs> What? Taking a front bump with one? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, I just, oh, yeah. No. Just like the science just doesn't work. Well, well you know no. what's funny? It's like, I, I, I fucking, I'm in like a similar mindset where like, I'm, cause I'm in this new realm of gear where like I have this like tight singlet now and it's like, and in my mind, it's like, it's a singlet. It's a, it doesn't show anything. And then I go out and wrestle and I realize, Aaron and I both have this affliction. We have, like, our crotch lines are really long because we have old Spanish man balls. So, like, <laughs> I'm, like, you know, and, like, and then I remember, I think I've told this story before, but, like, I took a bump on the outside once. Like, I got shit canned and I landed on the floor and uh, the camera was right on my ass. And you just, like, I'm just, like, this singlet I'm in now makes me like a real cheeky fucking boy. Like <laughs> my ass is just there. Like it's not out, but it's just highlighted. It's, it's prevalent. It's prevalent. And uh, so it's just like, ah, I mean, fuck it. This is what's getting me over. Fuck it. <laughs> it's kind of like how, you know, how I do the, uh, the broken knees back bend thing during my entrance. Yeah, um, yeah. And, uh, always gonna get the wrong angle. Always, I always tell them ahead of time. I tell the camera people, I tell the photographers, I'm like, hey, this is this specific thing that I do during my entrance. So if you're filming right from the front, you're going to have to switch to another camera or get the side angle when I go back, or it's gonna be straight crotch. And invariably, every single time, there's just like a good 20 second shot of, you know, my crotch. And it's just there. And I'm like, come on, my dad's watching this. 
Hello, world. And so <laughs> is my very Jewish mother. Leave her alone. <laughs> Which reminds me, I actually have that set of gear that I made for your first uh, time on uh, Shine. It's actually in my sewing room because, speaking of crotches, we have to fix that seam. And remember, it was too we baggy. Do so have we have to fix the crotch. So, yeah, next time you come over, make sure that we fit you for that so I can stab you with pins. Hell yeah. Stab the shit out of me with those pins. Let's fucking go. I don't know why I'm so excited about that. Basis of our friendship, I stab her with small things. Yeah, it's a, it's a topic for another day. Listen, um, it's been a long time since we've all been touched. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but when will my husband return from the war? Uh, so, Roxy. Hey, listen. At least you have one. <laughs> Moving swiftly onward. <laughs> Throwing towards freedom. Um, Roxy, so I'm curious. I feel like we've barely talked about wrestling on the show. We've mostly talked about musical theater and balls. Um, <laughs> you know, the important thing. Um, That's the title of this episode. Uh, note to producer Aaron. Musical uh, theater and balls. Musical theater and balls. That time you Let's go. Uh, uh, but... You know, in the uh, short time you've uh, actually been aware of wrestling, I'm curious um, what, if anyone, is someone you really, really would love to step into the ring with that you've never gotten the chance to. And it can be anyone. It can be anyone. Because this is our Wrestle, Wrestle Crush Wednesday. And I want to know if there's anyone that you've never wrestled before that on any level, past or present, that you would love a chance with. Uh, Bone Lacano. It's, it's a tie between uh, Bull Nakano and Luna Vachon. Oh, woman after my own heart. Right. For the longest time, I even had, you know, the half of my head shaved. And then I did both sides. And that was Luna inspired. But um, Bull Nakano, mainly just because of the way she moves, her, like, absolute commanding presence. And she just seems like somebody who'd be really, really fun to work with. And she's somebody I gravitated to immediately when I started watching because... Yeah, I mean, the old stuff is nice, but, like, I tend to, like, I'm a woman, so I want to see women's wrestling. I want to see the history and where it came from and what uh, the ladies used to do. And she's just somebody, because I'm a bigger girl. I'm not, you know, a size two. So she was somebody I was immediately drawn to because, you know, even though she was a very, uh, I want to put this in the best way possible, even though she was a very intimidating woman, even though she had a huge presence uh, physically and mentally, she carried herself so well and she was so nimble and you know it's it's hard to put it into words but she's definitely woman crush wednesday uh i contend with everyone that um bull nakano is one of the baddest to ever do it just Uh, yeah it's beyond being a bad bitch like she's just just a bad motherfucker like you just don't like just don't fuck with bull nakano uh and two i I, re- I mean, she accomplished a lot. There's no doubt about it, how much she accomplished. But fuck, man. I would... If she was, like, in her prime now, like, she'd be the... I, I, I strongly feel like Bull Nakano would be, like, bigger than Becky Lynch. Like, she would have been uh, the yeah. biggest star in wrestling. Just, just, just... She's everything. I just... I love her so much. God damn it. <laughs> I would give my left hit to have a seminar with her. Like anything to pick her brain yeah no for real 
Good choice. Good choice. Um, nice. Nice. So then I got to ask then if there's anything, because we've got a new segment. We're adding segments here on Demon Road Diaries, ever evolving, ever changing. Got to move forward into the hellscape that is 2020. Uh, we got a new segment. We've been teasing it. We've been talk a lot, talking about it. It's been percolating. But I think we finally nailed down what this is. So, Roxy, is there anything in your professional wrestling career that was a little crazy, a little unexpected, got a little rowdy, rowdy? K-O-N-N-A-N, Conan. But when it was all said and done, you know what? That was fun. That was exhilarating. I enjoyed that. You were about it, about it. Anthony Fox, man! <laughs> it's our rowdy, rowdy, bad about it segment of the week. Alive with a place to be, Mexico City. So there's been things that have happened that, you know, I definitely don't look kindly upon. But the one thing that I was really angry about in the time is something I look back on really happily now. Uh, it was actually a match with Chelsea. And we were in some friggin' town oh, in the I Panhandle. Sorry, I know this. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I've been, you know, it's no secret that I'm a bigger wrestler, and I've always been really, you know, sensitive about, about my weight, and I've always been really realistic about it too. So, you know, if I get things like, you know, you're a fat cow, et cetera, I'm just like, whatever. I already know. But there was this douche canoe in the audience. Dressed like discount Ric Flair. And he had a whiteboard. And, you know, my music didn't play. Already great start. So I come out on stage. I'm like, I don't need no music. And we were really jazzed because we had had six or seven hours to go over this match on the car ride up. So we were really excited. I think we had planned it out like the week before, too. Like had gone over the, the story we wanted to tell and yeah, everything we, we wanted to do. We out ideas and we uh, and we're we're wild because... Ride. It was a new promotion for the both of us, and we wanted to make a good impression and wanted to, like, throw down as good as the guys, if not better. And we had the story we wanted to tell for a while, just that we have wrestled each other upteenth times, and we knew each other so well that we just countered everything. And that was our story. It was just everything was a counter. And so, yeah, my music doesn't play. <laughs> Fuck all. So we get in the ring, and everything's good. And then this douche canoe in the audience, he's putting on a signs p90x works whatever so we start going on i'm baby facing it up and i hear you looked better on the poster okay so i'm a little ticked off and then i hear the same asshole call what did he call you the fact that you he called you a trans or that you looked like a man he said that I looked like a like a pre-op, that he couldn't figure out if I was a pre-op or a post-op trans. And that pissed me off. Like, I could take the comments about my weight, but I heard that, and that started to really rile me up. So we're wrestling, and I think, you know, while we're in pins with each other, we're like, just ignore him, just ignore him, let's get through this. And we were getting really good reactions besides the fact, but the more this guy shot off his mouth, the less we could hear everybody else. And the match is on YouTube. It went phenomenally well. You can't even hear the guy on the video. No, but... and it, like, it turns out that the production value on this show was like incredibly high for the middle of nowhere, one stoplight town in the panhandle of Florida that, that we were in. It wasn't Waimama. It was... Um... No. 
God, um, I can't remember the name of this town, but it was in the panhandle somewhere. Chipley. Chipley, yes. It was much more pronounceable. So, yeah, it was in Chipley, Florida. And, like, we had told the story we wanted to tell. You know, our reactions off each other, our frustration was genuine because we just blocked out the entire rest of the audience. And I wish we hadn't. But the match was over. I'm getting ready to go over and sock this guy. And because he still at this point has not shut up. And the match before ours, there was it was this poor kid's debut and he started a this is boring chant. So we already knew this guy was in the audience and he was already on my shit list because that's somebody's debut. That is a moment that you always remember no matter how good or bad it goes. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I was doing terrible. Like it was no, it was a good match. Clearly it was wet behind the ears, but it wasn't a fucking travesty. No, and they put the guy with a vet. So, you know, the, his uh, partner was, you know, guiding him through and keeping him looking good. This guy was just a douchebag. And what pissed me off more is that there were a lot of kids in the audience, especially a lot of little girls. And for me, representation is really important. So what riled me up more than anything is here's the fact that there are two you know, women in the ring who any of these kids could relate to. And he is hurling all of these insults at us. And the rest of the audience is just kind of like, okay with it. And they're passing them by. So we get in the back and we are fuming. I'm ripping off my fake eyelashes. She's just taking off her gear. Chelsea was more upset. I was more angry. And then you got more and more angry as we drove home. Oh, yeah. I was like, I was going off about it because we're like fucking ripping off our clothes like let's just get out of here let's go home get a long drive anyway fuck this it was a horrible match all that planning for nothing like we were i thought i thought it had been a shitty match and i thought i was more i was less mad about what he said and more upset that i had let it get to me so much that i felt that yeah you were affected my performance and i was like i should by now at this point in my career be able to just tune that kind of shit out and like god did it keep us awake yeah but both of us were mad that we had let it get to us because there are comments that we were used to tuning out and the people in georgia are always fucking mean to you besides that and um you know we were just livid and i just remember being white hot about it like that's what kept us awake the majority of the way home before we started getting tired and it just turned into fuck that guy the entire way and, you know, a month or so goes by, match comes up on YouTube, I'm like, I don't even want to watch this. And I watch it, and I'm like, that's one of my better matches. And I'm listening to the actual crowd this time instead of this fuckwad, and I'm like, hot damn. And so that's actually one of my favorite matches to watch back now. And also the fact that Chelsea and I had really clicked that night, we were working so well together, and then hearing the actual audience reactions, and the fact that the venue was so nice, and the promoter was really nice, and everything but that one asshole was amazing. So, like, I was hot about it initially, now I look back at it and kind of laugh, because if anything, that taught me a really important lesson about, for every one asshole, you're going to have a room of people who support you, so just block them out. And I had done your makeup that night too. Yeah, it was it was very very I wholesome. And you put her on Chelsea. Yeah, she put like blue. I was wearing like this weird black and blue singlet thingy at the time, and um, she put like glitter and shit like on my eyes and on my mouth, and I'm like, oh, there's blue glitter, and then she's wearing a shit ton of red glitter, and I'm like, and oh, gold there's glitter. All this, there's all this glitter in my fucking suit case and it looks like that i just been to the strip club and a very classy one at that because it was i very, like glitter. Very 
Yes, I know, dear. I know, dear. You loves the glitter. <laughs> she, for a while, before this. she replaced oh. her phone, she had one speck <laughs> of red glitter underneath the screen protector on her case. Neither one of us knew how it got there. Oh, yeah. It was on there for, like, two years. Like, literally until I got a new phone. I don't know how it got there. I didn't put it there, but I wasn't mad at it. <laughs> I don't believe you. Embrace glitter. Embrace it. It'll never go away. I think uh, they say that glitter is the coronavirus of the uh, arts and crafts world. They do say uh, known as the herpes of craft supplies, but yes, yeah. that works too. Yeah, because it's it can, definitely the coronavirus. Yeah, because it finds its way, and then it also Swiss cheeses your lungs. Wait, maybe it doesn't do the latter part, but it. I might um, see. I'm not something of a sciencer, but uh, I. I I I uh, can may may or may not be able to vouch for the lung Swiss cheese. I don't know why I'm doing a lot of gesticulating today, but I'm doing a lot of strange hand gestures. Uh, once again, I've forgotten that this is an audio only podcast, but I'm doing a lot of this, and this is just like random the, hand gestures. The John Cena like oh yeah, the finger, John like... Cena. Which is if, funny because this is F in sign language. It's this S? is what F. This is like F? F. F. Yeah. Or like the or the three D logo for for people listening from Orlando. Oh yeah, for those of you in Kissimmee, Florida, and one of you in um, Israel who's listening, <laughs> we're doing the three D. Aggressively three D signing. Which goes well with my current new glasses that make me look like a skinny Bubba Ray Dudley. It's not only do you look like a skinny Bubba Ray Dudley, you look like a children's rapper. You are DJ Laz in here to talk about the party in your tummy. Yeet. I mean, they may become my new Katie glasses. I really don't know yet. Yeah, I don't know if you know this about Caden, uh, Roxy, but... um. He also moonlights as a as a Katie, the children's entertainer. It's uh, well, it's like a, a fake YouTube thing. Uh, it's kind of like Blippy um, or Ryan's World, but like uh, as of right now, there's only two videos. I am working on a new one that uh, I'm gonna bring my friend Germani in for, and he's gonna be an Australian. Uh, there's gonna be a kangaroo song dance number in it. Uh, and then we're then we're gonna tell knock knock jokes, which I will uh, perpetuate the lie that knock knock jokes were created in Australia, um, and then that'll lead to terrible laughing. So uh, for all Katie fans, that may be coming soon. Yeah, this is the uh, little sneak peek into the uh, expanded universe of Demon Road Diaries <laughs> that absolutely that no one asked for. Nobody wants it. They may not have asked for it, but they didn't know they wanted it. They didn't even know that they wanted a fake children's YouTuber. I'm trying to help. You are trying. You are. You're helping. You're being very helpful. It's 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 as helpful as that one time that we wrestled in the rain at a carnival, and I think we slipped into the finish. We did, and it was just 
that was a hot mess. Like, the fact that they were like, we're still going to wrestle. I'm like, it's going to downpour. And Chelsea's like, don't worry. We'll get through it. It'll be a five-minute match. And I'm like, this is stupid. She's like, it'll be fine. It was fine. We are it alive. Was like, it was drizzling when we went. But by the time the main event went on, it was straight up downpouring. Oh, well, I don't care about anybody else who was on the show. I cared about the fact that not only did we slip, but we slipped perfectly into the finish. The children of that show were very mad at you, so we accomplished what we set out to accomplish. Oh, yeah, man, the kids, the kids hate me. They, they, they just, they hate me. They do not like, they are not picking up what I am putting down. In fact, they're spitting at it. Which reminds me, I actually just thought of a different rowdy story if I could share. Ooh, are you rowdy, rowdy, bout it, bout it for the second time? For the second time. Double R's. But, um, get it? Because Roxy Rouge. And rowdy, rowdy. Also that. (laughs) But, um, so I had had a match with uh, Dee Dee. And she was supposed to do a carnival show with us in Naples, but uh, she had a, a double booking or something like that. It just fell through. So it was whatever. And I asked, well, will you come up to Georgia and wrestle me there? Because I really wanted to work a match with her. And she was like, absolutely. So um, it was in Pavo, Georgia, where I am a baby face. And I normally spend a lot of times, like, when I don't have stuff to sell, I'll just sit down and talk with the kids especially. So I really have an amazing bond with the audience there. And it's one of the things that makes me absolutely love wrestling in Georgia, which I can't right now because of corona. But... I had little lollipops and, like, little teeny tiny, like, comb tiaras. And Chelsea will know what I'm talking about, where it's got, like, the comb one way and here's the tiara and it just kind of slides yeah. into your hair, no barrette or anything. And I told Dee, Dee okay, um, just, we're going to start the match like this. And the idea was that I was going to send out all of the candies and the, like, dollar store knickknacks and the t- tiaras. And, um... She was going to take one from one particular kid and just smash it, chase her around the ring, hot start, right? So we're in the ring. Everything's great. She rolls out. She goes up to this one family that I know is particularly, like, they're into it. Let's just say that. They're into it to the point where I am Roxy and nobody else, and I am what I am. Let's put it that way. So... I'm in the corner going like this, like, pick someone else. She doesn't see me. And with two fingers, she slides the tiara to add this little girl's hair. The mom, and I don't, I don't think it was the mom looking back. It was, like, a friend of a family just goes ballistic coming after her. She, there are four security guards on her, and she is swinging over their heads to get at Dee Dee. And I talked to her later, and she's like, in my head, I thought I can either catch a charge or I can make a good impression. And, like, she never broke, like, anything like that. This lady's swinging for her over four grown-ass men. And Dee Dee just snaps the crown and drops it. And it's like, ah, ha, ha, ha. I'm in the ring kind of just like, the fuck is happening? And eventually I was like, okay, go, go. If I chase her, all this will be over. So they're escorting this woman out of the building. The kid is fine by the way the kid is more mortified by the friend of the family acting the way she did and um the rest of the match went fine it was great it went exactly the way it's supposed to but that was my first encounter with an audience member participating 
for lack of a better word. And I wish I'd handled it better, but it makes me laugh because I think that was my, I think, 12th match or something like that ever. So I'm just in the ring until I was like, like completely horrified. Like I could not believe what I was seeing, seeing like this. And this woman was not a, she was a bigger woman, but she was also like five, two. And she's frigging going for it. The video's on YouTube, I think, actually, because, like, the promotion cut it out of their footage. But me being a noob, I left it in my footage. Because <laughs> I, I had asked for permission to film and all that because I always watched my matches back with my trainer. And I put the entire thing on YouTube because, you know, no one had told me you cut out the entrances and any potential drama. So it's still up there and you can see this woman just losing her mind. And they brought her back to apologize after the fact. And she didn't apologize. She was like, well, when you mess with kids and JD's like, I never touched her. And she didn't. Like, when I'm saying she didn't rip this kid's hair, like, two fingers Full arm extension slides it out of her hair, and this woman just—this woman just wanted to fight. The woman wanted to be a part of the show, yeah. no doubt about it. Uh, never change, Pavo. Never change. Pavo no, is please, amazing. Please change, Pavo. Please change. <laughs> come with us. You should come with we, us one time. We did a. Didn't we do Pavo like a few times, Rios? No, you did Pavo. Um, I they've asked us. Doing a show with you? Why is that? I did one. Oh, yeah. I rode up with um with Task Force to Pavo, and I was just hanging. I had nothing to do on a open Saturday, and the promoter's like, "Hey, you want to wrestle this guy in a five minute opener?" And I was like, "Sure, I'll do that." Do you wrestle and Spider? Like, uh, no. It was uh, what's his name? He'd been around forever, and then he left. Oh God. I can't remember his name. He's, uh, but he knows, like, I think he was, like, trained with, like, I want to say he was in the same class as Maxwell Chicago, if that gives you, like, a throwback idea. But, Jesus. Like, yeah, yeah. Which also, Maxwell Chicago, if you're listening, get back into wrestling and fight me. He's uh, not wrestling. Was that the, was that the show that had the seminar before the show? Wrestling. I don't think so, but it was, like, um, Task Force wrestled uh, Renegades, but they put me in a singles match against this dude. And like, I'd, no- I'd known of him, and uh, apparently he's a massive germaphobe. And uh, my heel end of like heat is probably not best for people who are germaphobes because I put people in a camel clutch, and when I'm a heel, I'll pick their nose. Uh. Uh, and then. I'll uh, and then when the ref's done counting, I'll put that same finger into their ear, um, and then when the ref does a four count, I'll try to wipe it on the ref, and it's just like a thing I do. There's a video I did it to Sam when we were uh, faces, but still. Um, So he about lost his shit, but I come out and this lady sprays my brand new gear, like maybe two times I've worn it, with silly string, and it's hard for me to keep like composure when you're like screwing up by I don't know I think we got like five hundred dollars on the set or something for this new gear and I go yeah well the two of us me and Rios so it was like five combined that's still expensive because material for that would run you about 70 for both well we were was that when we were tights and tops 
I think that was, yeah, because we went, first was the tights and knee pads, and then we went uh, uh, tights and tops. We kept our original knee pads. Yeah. And then, um, and then we did the singlet trunks. Um, but so I come out and this lady sprays my like basically brand new gear with silly string. And because I'm a terrible human being, I go, what the fuck, bitch? Like bro- drop character, straight cuss. She goes, you can't cuss here. This is a family show. And I go, bitch, you are far too ugly for anyone to have ever mated with. And Sounds then like I kept it. going along. Yeah. So we haven't been back to Pavo. Because uh, apparently you're not supposed to be cussing. And well, no, oh, bullshit. I've accidentally cussed plenty of times in that ring, and no. they have I never called me back on to Pavo in over a year, and I am the, I have the most heat in that fucking building. Um, no, they pay me they, though. So that, yeah, they've asked us to come back. We can just never agree on a price. Road trip. Oh, that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, if we if we do carpool, then that's a different situation. But, like, also, yeah, maybe 2021, 2021. <laughs> 2021, yeah. yeah. On that note, as we are barreling towards the future, barreling towards... Um, the darkest for, timeline. Uh, the, yeah, further, further down into the void. Uh, Roxy, uh, is there anything, as we're kind of wrapping up here, is there anything you're looking forward to kind of keeping your fingers crossed on like things you want to work towards or build towards as we try to like rebuild our little, our little community here, our little business, our little makeshift shit here. I definitely want to get to know more people in the community better being in kind of what I affectionately call a bumblefuck town, middle of nowhere, which is Fort Myers. Um, it's hard to really meet people. The only reason that I know Chelsea is because we wrestled so many shows together and then she started using my house as like a halfway point so she could sleep and not die in her car. And we, I got you know lucky enough to become really close with her. But everybody else, I feel like I meet for five minutes or an hour and then I'm off again. So the plan is, plan is, I hopefully will be moving to Tampa where I can network better and get to know everybody better. Yeah. And um, hopefully, you know, I, I really, really, my, my biggest goal right now is to get a dark match or some sort of roll foot in the door, what have you, on AEW or NXT. Those are my short terms. But for, like, immediate, me, oh, kitten. For immediate, immediate, just getting to know everybody better and becoming a more active part of the community. I know that's super, super cheesy, but, like, I always feel the most at home when I'm in a locker room or around everybody, and when you're so far removed from it in a little dinky town, like, it gets, you know, it it gets to you, so I just want to be around everybody more. Belt. Belt. Fucking belt. Well, is, uh, I guess then, Pimp, your socials? Uh, Where can we find you? Anything you're working on? Any projects? Uh, currently, just project I'm working on is myself. Hercules, dude. He's trying to cuddle. Um, bye. 
Uh, you can find me on the Roxy Rouge on Twitter, the Roxy Rouge on Instagram, and then um, Roxy Rouge Russell on Facebook. If you want to contact me, my email is always best, which is contactroxyrouge at gmail.com. The name is spelled R O X Y Rouge, not Rogue, is spelled R O U G E. Um. Yeah, any big projects. I'm just working on myself, continuously trying to get better and to learn more and more history. So if anyone has any weird wrestling history stories they want to share with me, by all means, drop in my DMs, send it to my email. You know, I'm always down to learn fun stuff. Hi, Hercules. You are such a jerk. Awesome. Well, Roxy, thank you so much for coming on. Sorry, I mispronounced your name earlier. <laughs> That's, uh, everyone does. So. Uh, I have dyslexia, so I have an excuse. Um, (laughs) uh, Anyway, thank you again so much for coming on. It's been a pleasure. Uh, You want to do the the socials, pimp all our bullshit? Yeah. You already found Dean Road Diaries on your favorite platform, but you got to tell your friends, and if you're on Apple, please slide us that five-star rating it means a lot and it gets us uh in more ears um but you can find demon road diaries on instagram and facebook by simply searching demon road diaries you can find the coda at we are the coda on instagram facebook gmail pro wrestling tees and Twitter, all at we are the coda you can find me personally at music city kg on twitter and on Instagram, because I streamlined my bullshit. Oh, boy. Hey. Oh, oh, and also, I think that's also my PlayStation tag, which I won't be on until, like, September. But, um, yeah, there's all that, right? Did I miss anything? No. Cool. Do you have any T-shirts up for sale? And where can they find them? Oh, yeah. That's yeah, dog. all on Pro Wrestling Tees, and you know it. Uh, ProWrestlingTees.com slash WeAreTheCoda where you can get a Demon Road Diaries t-shirt or multiple Coda t-shirts. Just do it. As well as our mighty Mopin Gothic Rangers emblem t-shirt. Yes. Uh, and you can find me, Ronnie Rios, at BastardSonRios on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, don't add me on Facebook, but I did start a TikTok. So find me on TikTok at Bastard Sun Rios. Uh, I don't plan on doing anything, doing any dancing, but I don't know. Convince me. <laughs> and you can find me on Instagram at Durden Says, on Twitter at the Durden Says, prowrestlingtees.com slash Chelsea Durden, and Last but most certainly not least, please, for the love of God, you sick sons of bitches, leave my mother alone <laughs> on Instagram. I'm serious. <laughs> Wait, what happened? I feel I'll like there's tell, a story. I'll, I'll tell you later. I'll tell you later. <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is a weekly situation, to say the least. And last... But certainly not least, please, please, all our lovely, lovely listeners, hashtag stay safe and stay jacked. For the love of God, you blessed motherfuckers, you stay safe and you stay jacked. And wash your hands. Yeah, wash your hands.
but after you stay safe and stay jacked. <laughs> In that order. You know what time it is and you know exactly where I'm going. We're talking about that face. We're talking about that beard. And what can you do to get a better beard? Well, you need better beard care. And you know who makes better beard care? That's right, La Barba Cubano. La Barba Cubano just put out a brand new scent called Bloody Hell. And it is a blood orange clove and cinnamon scented beard oil. It also has the essential mix that helps soften your beard, promote healthy beard growth, and keeps the skin underneath feeling great. So head to Instagram, find La Barba Cubano by simply searching La Barba Cubano on Instagram, give it a follow, and then head to the site and pick up some better beard care. And while you're ready to check out, use the code Demon Daddies to save yourself 13% on checkout. Get yourself some better beard care with La Barba Cubano. Mm-hmm.